Welcome to the podcast, Investorpreneur, where investors meet entrepreneur. Here we talk about everything investing, everything business, and over the course of business journeys, many people have had the startup dream to build a mega company, to build a business that they can be remembered by their children, and some just want to earn a lot of money. This guy that I have today might be the man that just has it all. A great family man with two kids while building a multi-million dollar startup. Today, I have a guest, Mark Jarvis, and he's on the Investorpreneur Show today with me. He's also made the final table at the World Series of Poker in 2010. He's brought and sold many businesses, and now he's on the fast track business world with one of the hottest live streaming mobile poker games on Android and iOS called Cash Live, and with many thousands, including me, playing live every day. So welcome to the show, Matt. Peter, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's fantastic. Now I get to be on the other side instead of being the player, right? On your game at nine o'clock my time to play the game live because I love it. it's been awesome. So congratulations on your recent success and Thanks. all the people around the world, thousands of people that play your game around the world live with me and, and with you around the world, man. Yeah, thank you very much. It's it ha We haven't got there overnight, but wow, it feels so cool to you know, see some of the reviews in the app store and just see the the players, how they communicate with us on social and stuff like this. And just hear how people really fit these like 15 minute games we run into their day. And, and some of them are the way they talk about it is just, you know, so heartwarming. It's, it's amazing. It's what I've always wanted to create. And it, it's so cool that to really hear that from them. So thank you very much. It's amazing because I'm addicted to it. I've got an alarm set and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to play live. Man, there's lots of poker games, right? When I say poker, a lot of people, listeners around the world are going thinking, okay, poker, I get it, right? Texas Hold'em. So yes. you've gone to the big leagues. You've gone to the final rounds of $3 million on the table of, of a game. So let's go back a little bit. How is your cash live, right? How is your app, poker, your interpretation of poker different from everybody else and all the millions of poker games on the app stores? Can you share with us what this is all about? 100%. Yeah, because there's tons of poker games out there, just but really poker has had no innovation the last 15 years. It's the same circles around a table where people can bet, check, raise. You can't really see the other player. It's so different from what you'd, what you'd experience if you're in a casino and especially what you experience when you're watching poker on TV. So we decided to take some of those elements that you see of watching poker on TV, the excitement, the drama, the anticipation, and uh, the live commentary, which really enhances hands and stuff like this, and bring that into a game format that was not only quick, our games last just 15 minutes start to finish, but also are incredibly exciting, not just to play, but to watch as well too. So even after you get eliminated, players st still stick around and watch because the games aren't taking hours like your traditional poker games out there. It's just 15 minutes can fit in a coffee break. And it's just so exciting that people want to see what happens, basically. And it's an all interfold tournament, super fast. You play a certain amount of rounds, and then the top five chips actually go to the final table. And if you make it the final table, now you're basically the star of the show. You have hundreds of players watching. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I still, even as a pro poker player, still love playing and watching the game every single day. And I've really tried to gear the experience and not just myself as a pro poker player, but if someone was completely beginner and have never played poker before, you know, maybe they're into solitaire, maybe they're into hearts, maybe they love candy crush. You know what I mean? It like this would tailor towards them the same way that it would me and everyone in between. That's a quick rundown of what the cash live experience is, is feels. And yeah, it's fast. It's fun. It, it's done quickly. And that live host 
really brings you in. It's almost like your friend talking to you. And yeah, it's a crazy experience that's super fast. Yes. And you know what? No shameless plug here, but I'd say everybody who's listening to this really should download this and give it a go because I, I found it. I was like poker apps. I'm like, okay, there's lots of those. I've gone through the cycles of, oh yeah, playing poker games on whether it's on the computer or whether it's on an app. But this was something totally unique. I didn't know what to expect. And having a live host was was actually a big game changer when I'm playing your game. So again, congratulations on your recent success. And, and we know uh, very recently you just raised like a, a million five in one day in, in, as a startup. So yeah. first and foremost, tell me about how that feels. How does that feel to you as an entrepreneur? Man, for so many days, so many years of just slugging it out and just trying to grind out 25K checks and really get people to bind your vision. And then to have a day like we just had yesterday, where raising a million and a half in a day, or at least getting that commitment. And it's my job now to close it all and, and stuff. But it's, it was such this cool experience of doing this like live demo day and just seeing the investments coming in. And it was, it's amazing. It's so great to, to get that kind of validation from, the, from investors out there. And just also super cool, at like the start of the, our pitch, we basically had Justin Waldron, the co-founder of Zenga, a recent investor in Cash Live, really introed us and tell, tells why he loves what we're building, why he just thinks it's a, an amazing product. And then the partner at Lightspeed Ventures, Jeremy Liu, came in and did our Q&A as well too after that. So we only had about 12 minutes when we we're on stage, but I tried to do as good as I could for my part. But wow, what an amazing video from Justin and so great having Jeremy there, who's also an investor in Cash Live as well. And yeah, I think we, you know, knocked it out of the park and you can see that from the, from the investment commitments that came in during the show. And then even after that as well, too, with some of the other people that were like, wow, this is so amazing. I got to be in as well. And one of the first investors in, in uh, DraftKings also was very excited to say that he wants in for basically whatever we'll have him for as well, too. Just a lot of really cool things going on. And it just, it's, it does feel really exciting. Fantastic. I mean, that, that, that's an entrepreneur's dream to be able to get more checks than you can really take in, in such an early round. This is a seed round for you guys. So the mill of five is, is, is big checks, to be fair. So in the grand context, yes, there's companies that raise millions upon millions, but not necessarily such an early uh, start in a business, not right. necessarily the seed round. So tell me about this, Matt. You've got two elements, right? You've played your poker, right, professionally. You're now a founder CEO of this thriving business that's going global. It's already gone global because of, you know, of mobile. So you've also got a family, a very young family, right? You got father of two. So instead of just talking about the business, I'd love to focus a little bit for a moment on family, right, Matt? Totally. totally, um, totally. Like now that you have to juggle these two elements, can you share with us, for all those people who are out there that are, whether entrepreneurs, investors, starting out, self-employed, et cetera, how are you juggling this element? COVID's obviously been an element where your young child is like 10 months old. So you've yeah. had to spend a lot more time with them, et cetera. So tell us a little bit about your routines. Tell us about how you're juggling this and how you're, you're dealing with the, essentially a, a business and a young family. 100%. Yeah, it's, it, first of all, I'll say, Peter, it's not easy. It is definitely challenging. The, the amount of time you're trying to put into that business and that startup to get it off the ground is, is not your traditional nine to five. You're grinding whenever you can. I wake up in the morning, normally wake up a little bit early. So I have a little bit of time for myself, exercise where I can, or just having a good half an hour before the kids get up is ideally what I'm aiming for each morning. Then the girls wake up. I'm normally taking care of the older one while delivering the younger one to my wife. The young one's 10 months old, both, two daughters as well, two, two girls. And um, 
helping them get ready for school. Oftentimes I either drive one of them to school or I'm always there to pick her up. She goes to school three days a week, my older one. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm there. I'm, I'm helping with making dinner. I'm, I'm there with them until they go to bed. I'm doing bath time. I'm doing all these different things. And then there's activities on the weekends that, that they're part of. And yeah, I really try and be as uh, a very active parent. My parents were that way with me and I love them for it. And I, I feel like I learned so much from them. And, and I wanted to be that same way for, for my girls as well, too. And they're the light of my life, my man. They're really what makes life worth living. At the end of the day, businesses, they come and go. Your family is there forever. And yeah, they're my everything. And so I'm, I'm just grinding to try and make the, the two work as best I can. Work on weekends, work in evenings. I normally have to leave downtown Vancouver to get to my house uh, or to get to pick up my daughter at a certain time. So it cuts me off from work around 4, 4.15. So I normally try and put work in the evenings. Also spend time with my wife because you got to, that's also important as well too, is keep absolutely building that relationship. You got to balance all these things, my man. It's, it's great. And it's, it's challenging at the same time too, but you just, you find a way. I don't know if it's the same. I know you got two kids as well too, Peter, but you're just, I think prior to kids you're like, oh man, I could never imagine doing this. And when you have single friends that come over and they see it, they're like, how do you do, how do you balance all this stuff? And you just stretch yourself out and you find a way and it, you just adapt or die. Peter, adapt or die. It's very true. With two children, you, it, it's all about pre-planning because now those yes. are the fundamentals, right? You don't yes. get to choose whether you want to work with your family every day. You get to choose working on the business. So you got to fit everything in and go, okay, yes. you know, well, what's my priorities? And I think you, you've hit it on the, with family there. What you're doing is, is leaving that legacy. So that brings me to this discussion. What do you want your children, your two daughters to remember Matt Jarvis by? You've had some key moments, right? For those who don't know, you definitely got to Google him up. You can see him on the final table of the WSOP. But Matt, so what would you want people to remember you by? Who is Matt Jarvis in a nutshell? That's a great question. What I'll say is that I only started Cash Live. I started Cash Live when my first daughter was born. And uh, I was doing two businesses. I own two trailer parks in Indiana of all places. We had 150 tenants between me and a partner. And I also had a house detailing business or a franchise called Shack Shine that I was running as well too. I was both were doing fairly well, but I was not, I was not super passionate about either one. And I felt, look, am I going to be passionate about this in two, three, five years? And the answer was, was no. So I'm like, look, I need to find what I am passionate about. I found myself listening to podcasts a ton. Uh, startup podcast, uh, tech podcast, and that entrepreneurial journey podcast. I want to do things that I'm passionate about because I want to lead by example so that she can follow things that she's passionate about when she's older as well too. And uh, so yeah, that's how Cash Live came to be. I end up selling my other two businesses within the next 10 months or yeah, 10 months after starting Cash Live. And so you know, a legacy to leave behind. Mainly is an, is a great father, uh, a present father who was there a ton, someone that chased their passions but also supported the family as well too and always put family first that's that's what i want them to to remember me by and just to be a good role model and yeah i i know my two daughters are going to be better than me i just feel like they're gonna they're gonna be smarter than me they're gonna just hear seeing the little things they do already it's amazing i'm just gonna try and provide them with all the tools they can and just seeing what they're doing with them already is is amazing yeah lead by example but then let them take it from there and, and follow their passion i think is the number one thing that's a great tip. So who are your role models in, in your life? You've had the, these are tremendous amount of successes in businesses. So are there any role models in your life that you follow by? That's a good question. I think it, 
humble leaders. I really love, I have a friend, his name is Robert Sevanowski, and, and he is one of the co-founders of a group called ACN. It's a, a network marketing company, but they do all different services and stuff like this. But I think it's a multi-billion dollar company. And um, just the way that he interacts with people is so amazing. Like he's just, he's the kindest person you'll ever know, probably close to a billionaire himself. But just the way that he just, you know, interacts with everyone is he just puts everyone at the center of his attention and just gives everyone like, like that they're getting his full attention. That's the main thing that, that, and it just, I love the way that he does this. Do you know what I mean? The other people that are these billionaires in there or multi or even multimillionaires that really are not at the level that he is, but they feel like they really have to go around and, and, and show to everybody. And, and he's just not that kind of guy. He's so giving with his time, with his energy, with his focus. And so he's a role model of mine. I listen to a lot of How I Built This, the podcast as well too. There's tons of role models on, on there that I've heard Airbnb co-founders like on and on. They're just, I love that podcast. It's so good as well. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge podcast buff. I listen to, to tons. I'm really excited to be on this podcast as well. But yeah, I'd say those are some of my role models, humble leaders that have really created change in the world. And yeah, people also that have, have pivoted. I think what I've, I've had to do is pivot out of the, being like a poker player to be a founder and entrepreneur, especially a tech founder and entrepreneur. And in many ways, it hasn't been easy at times. I've had to learn things from scratch, but I've also taken a lot of what I've learned at the poker tables and brought it into my, my now role as a CEO and, and founder. So anyone that's found a way to pivot in that way is also a, a big role model of mine as well too. So yeah. Wow. So there's great, some great tips there. So when you converted yourself or pivoted, as you say, right, from a poker player to um, now an entrepreneur, there's obviously a few processes. What would you think would be different, Matt, had you won the World Series of Poker in that 2010 event? How do you think it would, your path would have been different? That's a great question. I thought about this a lot. And I actually, so I finished eighth in the World Series main event, 7,000 players, $10,000 buy-in. Um, eighth was a million dollars, but the hand that I played to get knocked out, uh, if you ever search up, you know, Matt Jarvis versus Michael Mizraki or, you know, some of the craziest poker hands of all time. Poke up, um, we'll post up a link too. But. Yeah, sounds good. I'll, I'll share a link with you guys, make it super easy. But, but yeah, I played a hand that was worth $3 million, this all in hand. And it was, I have pocket nines, Mizraki, the star of the table had ace queen and it came queen eight, turn was a nine. River was an ace, and it was just this crazy roller coaster of emotions. But to get back to it, if I had won that tournament, then that hand is $3 million in equity. So a million to four million, that difference, that already would be a big difference. The first place that year was $9 million. It was the second biggest poker tournament of all time at that time. It's now the fifth. If I had won that tournament, I think my life would have been much different. I think a lot of the drive inside of me wouldn't quite be there in the same way, if that makes sense. Because 9 million US dollars 11 years ago is, is a lot of money. Um, mm. I'm sure there are things like taxes and things like this, so you got to figure out to the pay and stuff like this. But at the same time, it's, I don't think the drive would have been there the same way as that is winning a million and feeling, man, I got so much more in me. I did next year go, go on to win a, a World Series of Poker bracelet, 800,000 for, for that, which was awesome. And, and had a few other big scores and, and stuff in the years to follow. But the fire stayed in me because I was like, man, I was so close. I just want to keep going. And that didn't carry through just with poker. It was like, how do I carry this into business? And, um, and that's what I've kept with me, that fire going. So it's tough to me to say what exactly my life would have turned out like. I'm sure there's no, there's not too many World Series 
a poker main event champions that are living slums these days. They're, they're all probably doing fairly well. In fact, a couple of them are investors in Cash Live, including the one that won that year, a guy named John DeDuhamel in, in, from Canada. He's actually invested in two different rounds. He loves what we're doing. But that being said, I really love that it kept the passion and the drive inside of me by finishing eighth and feeling like I got so much more in me to go. And in many ways, it propelled without that specific hand, Cash Live would not exist. Without me finishing in that spot, probably Cash Live would not exist. So I'm a big believer in this like butterfly effect, Peter, of all these little things that happen that lead to other things that happen and change the course of your life. And I think that for me was such a big thing that I've carried with me, carried it with me ever since and kept it as a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, that's, you hit it on the head, right? Every Everything that you did has led up to who you are today and what business and what impact that you're making on life. So Matt, as you're journeying and transitioning into your business career, especially with Cash Live, you obviously built it on a smaller budget, right? You didn't have people writing you checks for a million dollars, half a million bucks at the beginning. So can you walk us through, like now, how did you start Cash Live? And how did you fund it on such minimal cash flow at the very beginning? Totally. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're still funding it off, off investments right now. There's still so much to go. Like we're building this live as a service model or SaaS model that is going to be amazing. And we already have huge demand from some big casino partners. But you're right. How do we get from this beginning? One, for me, never being in, in tech and trying to figure out how to build a game and something in, in tech as well, too. And building games is one of the toughest things you can build in tech. As, as well. And two, like, how do we do this with no money coming? First off, we started raising a friends and family round. I went off and talked to as many people as I could to try and raise the first quarter million so we could get things started. Little did I know quarter million wouldn't really do much at all. It's you're barely getting off the ground at that point. And we did that on a slide deck. I'd met my co-founder or co-founding investor, a guy named Sam Chandola, who's been my my mentor, my, he's been such an amazing influence for me. He had a mobile big gaming background. So I really leaned on him. He's like, all right, I'll bring the mobile gaming side. You bring the poker side and let's go at this together. And that's what we did. And he was my first investor and, and has invested along basically every round since. But starting off raising that first quarter million, then going out and trying raising the next round after building like a small prototype within a, an external dev team. And then trying to bring all that development work inside. So now it's all of our own developers. And then getting into the Snapchat accelerator in, in 2019, which was amazing. We were almost running out of money. And then all of a sudden Snapchat comes along. You beat out a thousand or hundreds of other companies that have applied. And here's 150,000 from us. Plus you get to learn from us for 14 weeks, basically in a, a Snapchat remote studio and our remote office. It's just leveraging one thing to the next. It's all about momentum. Sometimes it's about carrying the momentum. And sometimes it's like building it from scratch and trying to find a way to get it. When you're, at, when you're not on momentum, you got to find a way to create it. And I think we've done a good job of, of really trying to create momentum in many different stages in the last three years. A lot of that's like bringing on a new investor. Our cap table is stacked with the who's who of the poker world and the who's who of the, uh, the tech world as well too, including Snap, the former CEO of Tinder, a senior vice president at Reddit, now the co-founder of Zenga, Lightspeed Ventures. It's, it's crazy the people that have invested in, in Cash Live now. And, and I'm so blessed and thankful to have all of them buy into our vision because it's, it's really cool being able to lean on them and give them calls and be like, look, I'm thinking about this strategy. I would love your help or your thoughts on this. And when you can have guys like that in your corner, it's absolutely amazing. But you are a humble leader, Matt. And that's the thing. You're not afraid to ask for opinion. You're not afraid to ask for your, some of your investors or some of the people on, uh, in your Rolodex for assistance or help or, or strategies or anything of that nature. So what type of advice have you gotten from some of these people 
that you can share with us that has probably altered or inspired you or provided some element of wisdom for you to, to do what you did with Cash Live? Yeah. So uh, as of most recently, the past summer, I, I you know was having biweekly calls with Ellie Seidman, the former CEO of Tinder. And uh, he basically just like looked at our slide deck and helped me rip it apart in many ways. It's like, nobody cares what you're doing right this second if it's not working towards a billion dollar opportunity. All, all these venture partners, like that's really what they're looking for is the next billion dollar opportunity. And if you're not on path to go there, you know, th this is not a lifestyle business. So let's rework this because I know you can get there, but let's find a way to like really sell that story better. And because that is the story and the path that you're on right now, but we need to find a way to communicate that in your slide deck better. I told him hold nothing back and he sure didn't, right? Like he was pretty hard on me for a couple calls and I love that about him. Like he's so insightful. And so that was a really big help for me of, of sitting down and how do I rebuild our pitch deck? How do I resell the story? Because you're really just trying to get people to buy into your vision. And it's, it's about a story that, you know, that of course you need to back up with, with data and with traction and all this kind of stuff, great KPIs. But at the same time, you're working towards something and need to like really get people excited about what you're working towards. And not everyone is. Not everyone's into buying into a live stream poker game. Do you know what I mean? Or eventually a live stream other type of casino game. So it's not going to line up with everybody, but for those who you really want to knock it out of the park with, and uh, that's what he really helped me through. Wow, that's fantastic. So now on the basis of the app, how do you evaluate? And there's so many games. So what makes like, you know, what, the pinnacle of that world on the iOS and Android with thousands and, well, not thousands, but probably millions of games or millions of things to download. How do you evaluate an app and how do you stand out? What did you do? Because like you say, you didn't come from an, the tech world. You didn't come from a mobile gaming world. How do you evaluate an app? What makes a successful app? What type of KPIs are important? And vice versa, what, how have you stacked up against them? That's a great question. Retention is a big one. If you can have someone download the app, and stick with you and stay continuously playing your game and things like that's one of the biggest indicators of future success. In, in mobile gaming, basically the gold standard is 10% of day 30 retention. So if someone downloads on the first of, let's say October 1st and October 31st, they're still playing on that 30th day, not 29th, not 31st, not 48th, but exactly on that 30th day, if 10% of those players that downloaded it 30 days ago are still playing, that's a good metric or that's a good number. That's the gold standard of gaming. Our numbers for that is 15%. So over 50% higher than what the gold standard is in gaming. So we've really figured something out. The other thing I'd say we've, we've really figured out is in poker, if someone loses, they don't stick around to try and see what happens. They, they drop off, right? They immediately close the app or they close the site, whatever it is. In Cash Live, that's a different story. So we actually have Roughly right now, we have 16, 1,700 people that play our game every single day. But the cool thing is they might be eliminated in minute three in a 15-minute game, but we still have, even though there's only five players left at minute seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, we still have roughly five to 600 players around at minute 12, which is really, again, like it's never been done before. You never will you have 30% of your players still sticking around potentially 10 minutes after they've been eliminated from a game. Finding something that's not just fun to play, but fun to watch is really exciting. And I think some of the big casino partners are, that's really interesting them. 
guys like DraftKings and BetMGM and Bally's and GG Poker. These are the groups that I'm currently talking with. And they see that as, wow, you can grab players' attention for this long. And down the road, there'll be things like micro betting. So when you're eliminated, we want you to still be able to do something. So if you're eliminated, can, is the next flop going to be red or black? If I don't make the final table, is Matt going to win or is Peter going to win at the final table? So all these different little things that keep people engaged that can eventually monetize as well too, especially with these real money gaming partners in a casual way. We don't, it's, uh, it's very easy and we want to make it frictionless. And I think a live stream host really adds to that reducing friction and they help teach people poker. They help explaining the rules. They help explaining all this kind of stuff. And you just don't have that on a traditional poker site. We're trying to grab all of these little things that you really need to make a successful product and get a hold of them. Yeah. So far things are working out really well. And now put gasoline on the fire. And that's fantastic. Cause I, I absolutely agree that the live component of a host it makes the world of a difference because that's what makes the moment count. Otherwise, a poker app is just a poker app. So that's where it's definitely stood out. So what is the vision here? Matt, you're, you've had some success now repeatedly raising capital after capital. And yes, like you say, yesterday, 1.5 million, that, that, that's a big milestone. So what comes next? What's your vision three years out? Tell me what Cash Live and Matt Jarvis is up to three years from now. Perfect. Three years from now, we will have our own gambling license. We will be offering a real money version of, of Cash Live, where it won't just be free to play, but there will be a free to play option as well too. But people will be able to buy in. They'll be able to rebuy if they get eliminated. It also won't just be with poker. There'll be versions of roulette, like live stream tournament style versions of roulette and baccarat and blackjack and craps and even rock, paper, scissors. We don't have to stick within just casino games that can be rock, paper, scissors tournaments in this type of format as well too. But in this live, almost like we're almost like the scratch and win ticket of, of a mobile game, if that makes sense. So someone right. can decide if they want to go down and, and buy a $5 scratch and win ticket at the gas station, or they can jump on at 3 p.m., feel like they can be the star of the show if they make it a, a certain ways down the tournament, not just win money, but within that community also get the spotlight shine, shone, shined on them as well too. Whereas if someone even wins a scratch and win ticket, oftentimes they're celebrating by themselves in a parking lot somewhere. So we want to really put the spotlight on people, bring them up on the center stage, give them 15 seconds of fame. And that's what we're going to continuously do. That's first is going to happen in the real money gaming offering through partnerships. And eventually we'll have our own gambling license and it'll be a real money version of, of cash live and regulated jurisdictions. Right now we're only in North America. So for Peter, for you to be able to play, you need to download using the Canadian app store or the US app store. But down the road, we will be in throughout the world. The great thing about these poker and casino games is people understand the language of fold, raise, bet, check, all these different things. We'll have it in many different languages. It'll be around the clock games as well, too. Right now, we're only twice per day. It'll be around the clock. Yeah, that's what Cash Live looks like in a few years. Fantastic. I, that's great to hear. What is your biggest mistake thus far in this journey with Cash Live? You founding the business. If, if you've not gone through stumbles, you have not built a company. So 100%. what type of challenges have you had to overcome through this journey? And how did you solve these problems as they took place, Matt? That's a great question. So one of the biggest challenges that we faced, we started with just one host. We only had one host. His name was Kevin Martin. He was amazing. He's still a really close friend of mine today. He was a former professional poker player, poker Twitch streamer. And he also was Big Brother Canada winner. 
And he came out, he moved out from Calgary to Vancouver to work with us for about 10 months. And then just realized we brought him out too early. I think that was the big thing. Like not knowing what you don't know, that's a, that's a big thing in, in, in founding a startup. We didn't know that we weren't ready to go. I didn't know that I wasn't ready to go live with this product in the next two months. Our chief product officer did. He's like, look, we'll try and get this out. But you guys, are, we're, we're still a ways away from, from actually launching this thing. And we brought him out at a point that we just weren't ready for him yet. We weren't ready to launch. We brought him out in October of 2019. We didn't end up launching until January of 2021. Or no, no, actually we launched in February of 2021. We just ran beta games the whole time. So I would say trying to figure out these things, what you don't know, you don't know what you don't know and trying to figure those, those things out, bringing people on too early. Sometimes he was a star and we lost him, but then it it taught me to rebuild the playbook on bring on hosts. So we never wanted to have just one from then, then going forward. We want to make sure that we had many. Now we have four hosts, three backups. We're very stacked now, but when we lost him, it was like a huge hit to the company. It's like, we're a live stream poker game. We have one host. We lost him. Now I got to train someone from scratch. And he already did such a good foundation, really trying to figure these, these things out and, and plan for it. And, and also just have backup plans. And I think I haven't had enough backup plans in, in the past, but I think it's really taught me to make sure that I, we do have that now. And thus the reason we have seven hosts that can jump in, including myself at any time and, and basically host the game. So that was one, one thought like that. A challenge that we'll, we'll always have and we'll continue to have is bring on amazing talent, not just in the host role, but in, in our developers, like a software developer right now is people are coming after them left and right recruiters, bigger companies. How do you attract the best talent? And that's a challenge we're facing right now. And we'll continue to face for as long as cash live is around and, uh, and any company I do, um, really just trying to always bring on the best talent because when you're working with amazing people, you create amazing things. We have an amazing team right now, and we got to build deeper. We got to build there. We got the fundamental players on the team, but we need to build deeper. And that's always going to be a tough job for me is just co- constantly trying to build that team with a player. That's a great answer, Matt. And so that leads me into the talk about personnel, right? Naturally move into that conversation. How do you attract, retain, and grow your team? Can you share with us how you've been able to do Because you, you're only as good as your team, right? You can't yeah. build a, a, a multi-million dollar, billion dollar company on you, especially with your experience in poker, but not necessarily in live gaming, not necessarily in the casino world. So tell me about that. How are you bringing them on board? How are you attracting them? How are you retaining them? And how are you scaling up from that? Yeah, it's a great question. So first off, finding them. It's challenging. We, we had to use a recruiter for, for a while because to get through the noise, when people are being sought after all the time, it's very tough. So some of our hires came through referrals. Some came through, let's say, when we did an audition, we've now auditioned probably 700 different actors to be a host for Cash Live as well, too, wow. for this, the, the probably four main hosts that we have. We've, done, we've now seen 700 Vancouver actors to basically see if they're the right fit. All the developers that we've um, both brought on a team and some we've either had to let go because they weren't the right fit or some have moved on as well too. So how do we retain some of them? One, you got to find out if this, if someone is passionate about what you're doing, because if they're not passionate about what you're doing, it's very tough to like keep them on long-term. And when someone reaches out to them and is offering them 25, 30% more money, it's got to almost be an immediate no for them um, because they're bought into the vision that their employee number eight or employee number 15 of cash live that they feel is going to the moon. 
So that you need to find people that are bought into your vision, which is tough as well too, like, cause there's not a ton of other exciting poker games out there that people have come from that background or, or whatever. So I retain them by getting them to be bought into the vision the same way that the investors are constantly like talking to them, being there for them, not just as, as the boss, but also just like creating a great work environment, which has been interesting with COVID as well too. It's like everyone's working remotely now. It's, it used to be within an office. So creating that good environment for everybody, being there for, for stand-up meetings and things like this, when a lot of it's talking, let's say with the dev side of stuff, they're going through Jira tasks and moving through, through things, but just being there as the founder and, and leader and really sharing their successes, being there for them during the failures as well, too, I think is a big thing. And just trying to lead by examples as much as you can, I think is good and, and making sure that they're compensated as, as much as your company can afford, but at the same time, also having them stock options in the company as well, too, is a big thing because when the whole company succeeds, we don't want just myself and my co-founder to be the only ones that are really reaping the rewards of that. We really want our team to be like, wow, we, there's some big upside for us in, in the future. And we want to, we've always wanted to make sure that'd be the case for our team. I hope that answers the question. Absolutely. And that's, that's amazing what you're able to do and bring your team alongside with you because that, that's what you're recognizing. That's the, is the people that's going to be able to help you during these times. That's who you're going to succeed with. So congratulations on that. So as we're wrapping up here, Matt, can you share with us this? Where can somebody find you on a typical day, you know, a typical Sunday, right? What is Matt doing aside from working on the business, working on Cash Live? being a live host, and then aside from being the, the, the father, right, playing with a kid, what can, what is Matt Jarvis typically doing on a Sunday? What type of other things are you really doing? Honestly, like by weekends, like Sunday nights, I'm always preparing for the work week, but during the weekends, it's almost always just family time. Like it's, we're so busy during the week that I really try and get in as much family time as I can over the weekends. The occasional, like once every two months, I might go golfing. I, I love golf. My dad's a professional golfer, so I'll occasionally do that. But honestly, usually it's just like family time, spending with the two girls, spending with my wife, finding friends that we maybe haven't seen for a long time, ideally getting some time in with them or having dinner with my parents is something that we do, you know, somewhat frequently as well too. Getting in as much of that family time, I think is, is super important. And yeah, that's what my weekends are mostly for. And of course, there's a lot of cash live that's, that's fit in there throughout the, the weekends as well too. But wherever I can, I'm trying to be a present dad. And I think that's my, my number one thing on the weekends. Fantastic. Well, Matt, thank you for being on the show. How can people get a hold of you? How can they connect with you? Of course, Cash Live is on iOS and Android. But aside from that and seeing you as the live host, how can people get a hold of you and how can they connect with you to learn more about you and your business as well as your journeys? Love it. So the number one best way to get a hold of me is through LinkedIn. I would say re reach out to me on LinkedIn, Matt Jarvis, you'll see CEO of Cash Live on there. Yeah, reach out to me there. I'd love to start any conversations, whether what, whatever it is. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So I'd say that's the best way to, to get a hold of me, Instagram and things like this. But, but LinkedIn is probably the number one thing. Fantastic. Matt, thank you for sh spending some time with us. I really enjoyed it. I know people listening here today get to li a little bit of a glimpse of what a poker player star entrepreneur is doing. So thank you very much for joining us today, Matt. Peter, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you.